Welcome everyone to another episode of the In Real Deep podcast. I'm your host, Steve Semino, senior writer at InRealDeep.com, and with me as always is executive editor Andrew Johnson. Hello, Andrew. I have a bad feeling about this. Oh, uh, that's the movie we're going to kind of miss the franchise we're going to talk about. I was going to say, welcome you to 2018, with, uh, yeah. and then you dropped a little Star Wars refi on me. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, an apropos one, because this is the first Star Wars movie that didn't have that line in it. Did you know? Notice is that, that true? I did not. Maybe that's why everyone's so riled up. Yes, I've actually seen that cited. Uh, five people on the... <laughs> good lord well that's what we're here to talk about unfortunately or fortunately we are though it came out a couple weeks ago and we wanted to do this a while ago real life got in the way but we are back on the in real deep podcast to talk about star wars the last jedi one of the well the latest entry in the star wars franchise and i don't know if it's the most divisive but it's certainly feels that way at this point in time. Andrew, what do you think? Do you think this is the most divisive Star Wars movie ever, or is that just because we're living it? Uh, I don't know. That's a good question. I, I guess I guess I would say yes. I mean, obviously, we weren't really sentient beings for the first three, so <laughs> but those seem to be universally beloved. Um, I would say yes. I mean, I, I would also say that this this one is following a what's turning into a now familiar pattern, uh, which started with the Force Awakens before it, which kind of had the same thing. Came out, criti- critics gave it a positive review. There was a backlash, and then a backlash to the backlash. Uh, I think the only thing that's different about this one is where the backlash is sort of coming from. But um, like, I think the in the last one, the backlash and backlash to the backlash was all critical and not really in the the fan space. Uh, but so yeah, I guess I would agree with that. But it, I feel like this is gonna start to be a pattern as we go forward with Disney's uh, every six months Star Wars film. Absolutely, and we're gonna talk about that in detail. But before we get too deep into Last Jedi talk, let's do the beverage of choice segment. I have a delicious California Pinot Grigio, 2016, <laughs> two years old now. So that means it's aged perfectly and can be drunk into my heart's content. It's uh, almost as old as Force Awakens. Um, <laughs> wow, yes, you're a California man, I guess, suppose, at this point. Uh, I am drinking a uh, an Antietam Brewery Little Mac IPA, and that's after General George McClellan. Uh, if you know your history, that's uh, that was the commander of the Union Army at the Battle of Antietam in 1862. Mm, and now it's a beer. Now it's a beer with his face on it and his arm like in his uniform it's pretty great do you think if he's looking if he's looking down or up from wherever he is do you think he's enjoying that he's a beer now or do you think he's sad <laughs> i mean he's got some statues out there too <laughs> that's true know. he's not just a beer uh yeah I, I don't know i guess he's remembered <laughs> although he's not like grant or anything like that so i mean you and i will likely not be a beer or be remembered in any capacity so i guess i would probably prefer that over nothing I mean, I might be a beer, but it wouldn't be named after me. But it would have the same name as me, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it's true. You have a famous name. I'm, I'm not so lucky. <laughs> this is a lot more Civil War era history than I was expecting <laughs> this podcast. <laughs> well, let's throw that by the wayside, but let's also go to a time long ago in a land far, far away. Is that That's not the line at all, is it? A long time ago in a galaxy far, far <laughs> away. I guess go. this is a civil war of sorts, I suppose. Sure, yeah, it is. It's a galactic <laughs> civil war. There we go. Yeah. That was the transition I was looking for. Thank you. 
No problem. So let's talk Last Jedi. Last Jedi is, I, I think you and I are certainly outliers, which is why we wanted to do this podcast so much, because neither one of us went, I think we went into it with similar expectations of it being enjoyable and walked out with a similar feeling, which was that was enjoyable. I don't think either one of us, you know, anticipated or felt any need to participate in all this vitriol that's going on. I know I saw it a little bit later than everybody, and I sort of got the heads up from you and others. Some of the others were a little more aggressive. You said, it's a pretty good movie. And then I walked out and said, Andrew was 100% right. That was a pretty good movie. And I really don't... I don't. I get where this is coming from, but I also just at the core of me, and I love to complain and argue. You and I have had so many arguments about so many dumber movies, but I just can't find it in me to get as mad as some people are, and I don't really totally understand it. Yeah, I. God, I feel like a crotchety old man when I'm going to say this, but I, I am 34 years old and I have a two year old, and I just don't care that much about Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I've been sort of like. A little taken aback at the I, I guess it's it is I think it is sort of very unusual to have a film uh like this that I mean I guess I get well let, let me catch that it's making oogle oodles and oodles of money so it's doing fine um I think it's it is very unusual to have a film like this do really well with critics and um and and do really well at the box office and yet have a large subset of the fans be really, really unhappy. Um, is it a large qu- subset or is it a loud subset? Well, now you're asking like a cultural question about <laughs> social media and whatever. I, I don't know. That's a good, that's a good, good question. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, they're, they're definitely loud. I'll, I'll just quote from our, our Facebook page. First comment on my review. This isn't even a star Wars movie. This is pure shit and filth, um, which is just so much hyperbole. I mean, it's it, first of all, it definitely is a Star Wars movie. It, <laughs> it was licensed properly. Uh, it has the scrolling thing. Yeah, they, um, they signed all the contracts. They dotted all the eyes. Yeah. It is one. And I, I don't think it's pure shit and filth, even if you don't like it. Um, Nor would I tell a stranger that on the internet if I felt that way. I mean, I guess we sort of do that and we don't like it, but we don't, like, seek out others with that opinion and correct them. We just sort of put it on our thing and go, here you go. This is our opinion. Like, to find a blog's Facebook page and share that, just, like, he's so angry, whoever that person is. Yeah, Rick Reyes. <laughs> um, hi, Rick. Um, yeah, I don't... It, it, it's it's just it's just all this is all a, a weird thing which is i ca- kind of why i think we were even able to like honestly record this podcast like three weeks after um because it's still kind of like in the air i guess um this this whole this whole backlash um it's just it's just it's just very odd a very odd set of circumstances um like i said like i said in the beginning the 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 force awakens was kind of similar except i felt like the backlash was purely um in the critical cultural commentator sort of space not in the fanboy space so. yeah it's a weird it's you're i think you're totally right about that and that's a very strange sort of dynamic it seems like a lot of the fans were just happy to have you know star wars back in capable hands and it, it you know stayed very true to the blueprint everyone expected and it seemed like even people though that that was very transparent and very obvious and and frustrating to even casual fans to a certain extent because they in the back of their heads they said well that's just the same movie again but everyone found something to like out of it and then the critics were you know as they are want to do we're saying this is 
the same movie. Come on, give me a break. Like, come up with yeah. a new idea. And then, yeah, to have it switch like this, I, I just don't, like, I, I'm just not sure what, what everyone wants. Like, I'm not sure what the what the people, like, I get what the critics want. Like, I think they're pretty predictable. I'm not surprised they liked it because the few things that did different, it put a little humor in there. It You know, the grown-up characters, continuation of story. Ryan Johnson is a pretty beloved director. Like, there's a lot of things I'm not surprised they liked. I'm just not sure what the fans were expecting or what they wanted. Was the hype too deafening? Or did, was it, were they never going to be happy with a Luke-centric film because Luke is such a sort of polarizing character as well? And I, I just don't know. Like, I'm uh, one thing I will say: we should you not we should talk about what we didn't like because I think <laughs> there are some things we both didn't like. And I think yeah. for me, and I think with you as well, it starts with Poe and Finn. I thought they were pretty extraneous the entire movie. Though I yeah. love John Boyega and Oscar Isaac. I just I, I wish they had had something to do, and honestly, I wish Finn had died at the end of the movie. I think that was thematically what would have made the most sense for his character. I just don't know what purpose he ultimately serves at this point. I felt it would have been a very noble, fitting end that he was kind of pursuing the entire time anyway. Yeah, and my, my sort of criticisms would fall along similar lines, uh, but perhaps extend even further than that. I, It's... It's different now than it was in 1977. Um, you know, uh, uh, that movie, you know, had uh, Sir Alec Guinness and then really a bunch of other relative unknowns. I mean, Carrie Fisher's um, uh, the son of or daughter of, you know, famous people, but, you know, relative unknowns. Um, and and uh, and now it feels it, it felt to me bloated and like poor Ryan Johnson was searching to find screen time for everyone. I didn't really understand the Benicio del Toro character at all, other than as a plot device. And really I felt like there were a lot of characters in the film that were just merely um, <laughs> written into the script to keep the, the plot moving forward. Uh, the plot itself was, I think a little silly uh, in terms of everything separate, everything separated from like the Jedi and the Sith folks. Um, so yeah, I just it was too long. It uh, it it it. I think it was trying to find screen time for too many different famous people, um, and and yeah, that that that's that would be the crux of my my criticism. But the thing I would come back to is that I I personally really loved um, pretty much everything with Luke and Ray. Uh, especially loved all the scenes with um, Kylo Ren and Ray, and especially in the in the uh, Snoke's um, room, that red room with the with the his guards and everything like that. Like that stuff was all all great to me. I just felt like there was a lot of noise around that, um, and so that would be my central criticism. Um, but I, you know, I also thought the movie did a lot of a lot of really good things beyond that. I think one of the reasons critics may have liked it is because it it actually in in some ways the movie puts the thumb in the eye of a lot of fanboys and i wonder if if <laughs> fanboys and fangirls and i wonder if if those people are sort of sensing that um as well uh you know the this the sort of deliberate subversion of uh, uh uh of of tried and true sort of elements of star wars not including the line i mentioned um making ray's parents not be anyone of importance which i concede is something they could just write right around in the next movie but um you know chewbacca I, and c3po and r2d2 all totally irrelevant barely there yeah 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 uh but i mean at the end of the day like i just i had a fun time watching the movie 
and I, I, I come back to, to what, what you sort of said, which is, um, you know, what, what do people really want out of this? Like, is it, is it even possible for some of these people to be satisfied at this point? I'm not sure. I'm, I, what does that look like? What does satisfaction look like for those people? I don't have an answer for that. Yeah, I don't understand. Like, it's, you know, this these movies came out, you know, like I said, 40 years ago was the original one, more than 40 years ago. And I'm just not sure, like, do they want the same thing over and over again? Like, it's sort of silly to have the same wipes and the, you know, right. all the, like, I, I love the music. Like, it, it's, it's a movie that meant a ton to me growing up. And, you know, I look back at the, the passion that people you know, expended in, in shitting all over the prequels. And I think part of it must be what you said, that we are a little older. We have other stuff going on. Like, it just seems silly to get this riled up about a movie that is ultimately fine. But I, I yeah, I don't know what people want. Like, I, I, it has to evolve at a certain point. Like, it has, they have to tell other stories. Like, I think uh, you mentioned this in the beginning there, you know, with the, the new schedule of a Star Wars movie every year, I believe that's going to be exhausting really fast, especially if they keep leaning on these old stories and telling, you know, like in the new Han Solo movie, to go on a little tangent, is supposed apparently going to talk about, you know, young Han Solo, obviously. Uh, but do we need to fill in those gaps in that story? Like, is that what we... Is that something people are asking for? Or are they doing it because... Why not? You know, I just I I don't know if 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 you know bringing back these old characters and putting nostalgia and everything that's not a bad idea, but it loses steam at a certain point. You have to find your way into the future. Yeah, and I guess we can talk sort of about the future of this at some point. And that I that I am sort of I am gravely concerned for. Well, not for Disney. They're going to make their money, but um, yeah, don't like be gravely concerned for Disney. <laughs> for my enjoyment of them, uh, I I just see the Marvel Cinematic Universe handwriting on the wall, which is you know, um, those are all films that I enjoy. But at this point, and this has changed probably for me within the last two or three years. At this point, I just don't really care if I miss a Marvel movie. Um, like they're all kind of the same. I, I enjoy them when I watch them, but they're not like appointment viewing. And I think that's one of the things that's maybe changing with, with, with star Wars. Now um, it doesn't feel as special, but I, I also like agree with your point that, and I wrote this in my review. I think actually maybe Ryan Johnson, the director was handed too tall of a task in some ways because the force awakens was like, get the, get the gang back together, show we can make a good movie. Like that's kind of the easy job in some ways. Um, and the perfect job for JJ Abrams, who's not the most original creative force in the world. <laughs> um, but at some point you like Mark Hamill is like what in his sixties or seventies, like Carrie Fisher is dead. Uh, like, like at some point you have to move beyond this. If, if you're going to continue to tell star Wars stories, I mean, you have to move beyond, uh, beyond this sort of like Skywalker um, uh, family. And, and, I, and like, honestly, like a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, that impl- a galaxy implies, you know, a sort of limitless possibilities in terms of uh, where you could go and still tell, tell really good stories. And like, I feel like Ryan Johnson had the task in this of, um, of of sort of setting a new course for for this like core storyline right which is in some ways a thankless job i mean a lot of what i saw was people getting mad about this skywalker family storyline being ripped out ripped away and but it's like when do you do that without pissing much people off 
I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it can't go forever. And do we want it to hit those? If, if it hit those traditional beats, people would, you know, sort of furrow their brows a little bit then too and get a little bothered by that. Like, I just, you're right. It was sort of a no-win scenario. But I guess I just, I'm not sure. Like, and I keep coming back to this, but I still understand what they were looking for. Like, I don't, I, I, to me, the one of the joys of the, Originals is the look and the feel and sort of the campiness of it, but and like a, a dead serious campiness and sort of everyone sort of understanding this is sort of dumb, especially like uh, Han Solo in particular, right, right, but still right. going along with it anyway and giving it their all. And I think with these ones, what what I did like about Force Awakens and it sort of runs paradoxical to what you said about JJ, but you know the the three new characters, Ray and Finn and right. Poe, were all great in yeah. that movie, and I feel like it did yeah. a great job of introducing them. And for yeah. mo- for two out of the three, this takes a big step back, and so yeah. that's the again that's the part that I would focus on were I to poke holes and it, it's, it, it perplexes me that that does not seem to be a lot of people's, uh, I'm sure it's a complaint, but it doesn't seem to be the complaint. Yeah, well, and I think it comes down, I mean, ultimately we're dancing around this, but what we're talking about is is, uh, is fan service versus, you know, <laughs> making, you know, t- putting your own stamp on sort of a, an iconic story, right? Yes. And, um, you know, it's what is, I guess, disheartening about all this to me is that it seems to me like what a lot of people, or maybe it's just the most vocal ones, like you said, what a lot of people are interested in is just pure fan service. And I am, I am personally really not interested um, in that sort of thing. And I actually pulled up uh, Anne Hornaday, the Washington Post film critic, wrote actually a story about this, recommend checking it out, but I'm just going to read part of it. Um, that I think kind of hits on what we're talking about. Um, And she says, the challenge of critical thinking is to take pure subjectivity out of the equation so that your own idiosyncratic biases, blind spots, fetishistic likes and dislikes are, if not erased, at least put to the side to better allow the movie to be what it set out to be. It can be a tricky exercise, um, but the most crucial starting point for viewers should be going to the theater as a tabula rasa, as blank a slate as possible. The better for a film to leave them surprised, delighted, and perhaps permanently changed. And you know, later in the later in this piece, she brings up some examples. She's not a big science fiction, fiction per, person, but she um, she brings up Gravity and Arrival as ones that she found effect, uh, deeply affecting. She also brought up, um, and I, this this is why the piece really resonated with me. Um, the movie Anna, the movie adaptation of Anna Karenina by Joe Wright, um, which I really loved. I'm a lover of that book. It was it was a totally different interpretation of the book than I I would have ever imagined. Um, and I think that's I think that's really what we're talking about here is that maybe you and I come at this from a different perspective than a, a very vocal minority or a, an unsilent majority. I don't know what it is really, to be honest. But I mean, um, what, what you talked about, and I'm sure you know this, is sort of doesn't mesh with the current climate of big feature films, which are almost no. all based on source material that we're aware yeah. of or classic yeah. characters or continuations of other stories. There's yeah. no, you can't go into those with a blank slate. I mean, you can, or you can go into it with medium expectations, which is probably the best you can usually hope for, but you usually know what's going to happen. You, you have a pretty strong sense, you, you know, unless it's like a big, like using Marvel as an example, when Avengers rolls around, something could happen. Someone could die. You know, you could be shocked a little bit. But if you go see Thor three, Thor's not dying. No, Hulk isn't dying. Like, 
like it's gonna be a fun little romp and that's fine that's all it is but obviously some of these bigger ones i guess get held to a higher standard and it's it's sort of silly to do that because no one's going into it going oh i hope star Wars. like i have no idea what to expect with this star wars it could be anything like no it's there's so much baggage at this point yeah well and i guess my question then would be and not not to you of course but to the the people that go that are passionate fans of of those movies uh it would be well then why should i take this movie or franchise seriously at all you know mm-hmm. um and i i actually think for me at least that this movie this installment in the series even though i had problems with it allows me or opens up the possibility for me to continue to take star wars you know semi-seriously um <laughs> we'll see as they delve into the depths of bit characters from the um from the the first three films uh how 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 uh, thin my patience wears but um you know i i i i appreciate that i appreciate trying to do something different and while also um you know i i still think there's plenty of the spirit of the originals in there and that, i guess that's the other thing that i would say is um i feel like this is our christmas episodes which is like has anyone gone back and watched the original films lately <laughs> like because i actually just did um for the film 101 series that we do on we do on the blog and i, I watched the original star wars and like when you put your critical thinking hat on which i had never done with the originals it's <laughs> it's like they're movies for kids and young young adults like i don't know what <laughs> i don't know what, what other way to put it but they're they're i the level of like sort of seriousness they're taking is kind of amusing to me. Yep. I think <laughs> it's that's a little, a little sad actually for some, some of the people. <laughs> God, we're, I'm like just trolling all the people on our yeah. trolling and being an old man, like you said, yeah. and just embodying all those traits very much. Yeah. <laughs> You're right though. These are, these are movies that inspired the g- younger generation when they were younger. And now, you know, a lot of them passed it on to their children or it's just come down through those generations and people still find a lot to love there. But it just, it just can't st- We wouldn't, there's very few other series that we would permit or even encourage to stay exactly the same for 40 years, you know? Right. And I think right. that's the scarcity that, uh, that has a lot to do with that as well. Mike Ryan wrote something on Uprox that you and I were talking a little about and read. Mm-hmm. And he talks yeah. a little bit, you know, it mostly focused on that, that the scarcity is going to be gone now with Disney at the helm. And so they won't feel like events anymore. But I think because because there was such a gap, I think we all didn't mind getting more of the same. That gap no longer exists, and I think that's why people are a little, you know, I think that's why people get so bothered. Is my yeah. guess, like, it's a big part of it at least. Because I could give a shit about, it. like, I'm uh, if they, a good movie is a good movie. Like, I like the Marvel movies when they're entertaining, and I don't like them when they're not. And yeah. for the most part, yeah. I think most of them are. For this one, same thing. Like, I there are a lot of things I liked, and I wouldn't. Despite being a big fan, I just wouldn't hold it to that standard. But I have, you know, my perhaps my emotions are less tumultuous at this point, and I can just I can go in with a little bit of that blank slate and say, well, movie, do what you're gonna do. Yeah, and I yeah I I, I totally agree, and and I guess again to sort of put it in some historical context, like yes, the Star Wars movies mean a lot to a lot of people. Um, certainly, the biggest the the and I wrote this in my film 101 piece, it is the biggest movies, movie set of movies of all time, like uh, bar none, like there's no competition. Yep. Um, but does any like real adult truly consider that like the best film they've ever seen or best set of films? I, God, I hope not. Um, 
go see some other stuff, you know? So like, <laughs> I guess like, that's what I mean about sort of taking it so seriously and, and personally, like, um, you know, they're, they're, they're not, it's, it's, it's interesting to have people feel such ownership over basically another person's <laughs> piece of art, you know, it's, it's very, very weird. And, um, and totally unique, I think. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. To this I, I mean, Maybe not totally unique. I mean, I guess you have some of the. I don't follow the DC fanboys, and I, I guess there's there there some there's a subset of people that really like the DC comic book movies and stuff. I always see like film Twitter people getting harassed about it, but but it's uh, weird though when you bringing that up is really interesting because I think with like no one looks at Superman or Batman and says like those are my guys or those are my like you do but you don't they're such big important you know famous money making yeah. characters I don't feel like most people don't look at them and feel like they're they're achieving anything special by liking those characters you know like everybody likes those characters with Star Wars there still seems to be this air of this is a thing that I like and it's special and sacred and it's mine. And like you said, it's like, dude or dudette, this is the biggest film franchise in the history of the world. Like, this is this has been seen by more people than anyone, any group movies that have ever existed. This is not yours. Like, this belongs to billions of people. Like, it's just such a weird... For some reason, that mindset has persisted, I feel like, for the last 40 years, and it's just not based in reality anymore. Yeah, and if those people are really that serious about it, what they should really be advocating for is that there just are no more Star Wars movies, in my opinion. Just don't make any more. Yeah. You know, I, I I'm brought back to another you know episode we recorded earlier this year um, with, with the solo on solo stuff um, and the the spinoffs and whatever. It's like uh, I think we when we watched and recorded Casablanca, I think I mentioned that there were like there was a sequel script and then there was like more backstory on like what Rick was doing when he was running guns and and it's like no 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 you don't need that like you don't no one needs that no one wants it. <laughs> The movie's fine. It's perfect. Don't don't fuck with it. Like, and so, um, like, if that's really how you, if you really want to take, you know, sort of hold it dear, what you should do is just advocate for no more, um, which is interestingly something that I can kind of, I I could appreciate a lot more. Like, I'm I'm not sure how many more Star Wars movies I have in me to really care about, but um, but uh, you know, if if. And that's what I mean about the fan service thing. That's why I think a lot of this is driven by fan service. The fans want it. They just want it their way in some way that's familiar to them. It makes them feel, um, you know, comforted or something. I like uh, that we're, we're ostensibly giving a positive review to this movie that we're just sort of just talking about the negatives of it the entire time. I think, you know, like, it's, it, but it, that is sort of the weird dynamic of this, though. Like, I feel the same way. Like, I enjoyed this one. I thought the Adam Driver was great. I thought he actually had some menace to him this time. I thought he looked, there was a shirtless scene, which was very impressive because <laughs> he looks pretty good. My, my, on the way home, my dad was like, were those really his muscles? And I said, I hope so. Like, I hope they didn't CGI muscles on that guy. <laughs> so he was great. Daisy Ridley was great. Every scene with Kylo and Rey, I thought was really, really good and well done. Yeah. So there was a lot of things there to like, but I, I also feel the same way as you. I, I'm, I'm not as enthused as I was. So I can, I can say I liked the movie, and at the same time, wane very strongly on the franchise as a whole, and say, eh, I only got a few more of these left, and then I'm gonna really, it's gonna just become another type of movie, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, but that's, but that's Disney's prerogative, right? And, and I. I think, you know, neither, neither of us have probably been kidding ourselves about that since we found out Disney was 
gonna purchase the star wars movies you know like mm-hmm. like i i certainly have any had any um um uh d- delusions that that disney would sort of uh you know do the like disney's a great company but they're not they're not going to do the necessarily the artistically pure thing i guess um sure they're in this to make gobs of money and build a theme park around this stuff and and all that stuff which will be great when i get ready to take anna to disney world or disneyland but um <laughs> uh as, as someone who unprofessionally uh spends a lot of their time thinking about movies it's not 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 a very exciting thing from from that perspective i guess <sighs> Well, so uh, my my real takeaway, or what something I found really interesting, was when I was walking out of the movie with my dad. I saw the movie with my parents over Christmas time, and my dad liked it, and I liked it, and we were just generally praising it. And he said something along the lines of, "You know what? All they're they're all fine. All these movies are fine." And meaning like the prequels and then Force Awakens. And I started correcting him on Phantom Menace, and I was saying, "Well, Dad, you haven't seen Phantom Menace in probably." 19 years like it's pretty crappy they talk about trade agreements a lot like it's super boring <laughs> and he he was like yeah you know what but there was that cool darth maul fight and i said and i thought about it and i was like you know what? he's probably right they're probably all fine you know like they're really we were we were 14 or you know 16 years old caught up in the fervor uh it wasn't what you know but but I, but looking back like like you like we've been saying this whole time like they're all they're movies for kids they're movies they're they're dumb like they're there's not always a lot there some of them are better than others but at the end of the day they really probably are all fine and my dad is about as generic of a star wars fan as it gets like he could care less about the larger mythos who owns it or who's you know directing it he just he goes to the movie sees the movie and walks out and gives his opinion on it and (laughs) according to him they're all fine so i at this point i find that harder to argue with than ever i sort of get it or or you're we're we're just percentage wise getting closer to your your dad and age i guess (laughs) oh Um, god that's true uh like as a ratio uh uh yeah you know yeah, you know, Phantom Menace has the pod race too. That wasn't a bad scene. That's true. The pod um, race was pretty cool. Uh, yeah, I don't know what to to do with that really, um, other than just kind of nod my head in in agreement and and say it's probably that's probably going to be even more the case going forward. Um, man. That's a depressing thought, I guess. Um, <laughs> what do you think about so? So we both hinted at it. What do you think about the future of these movies? Are you there's a Han Solo movie coming out, I believe, in a couple months. So I think the, this summer, maybe. There's not a ton of time, and I know I was reading. There's not. We don't know much about it. It's been shrouded in you know a little bit of controversy, just a lot of unsurety. I think more than anything about where it's gonna, what it's gonna be, or how it's gonna go. Are you? I assume you're gonna see that. Is that gonna be? Is that gonna be out of obligation or out of like a twisted excitement or what? Honestly, I probably won't see it in the theater. Um, wow. Okay. I. I I mean, like, I didn't really care about Rogue One, to be honest. I didn't see it that in the theater. Um, and that movie was fine, but made me feel like literally nothing um, <laughs> the entire time. I just didn't care about any of the characters. Um, so uh, I, I just like and the reason is I just because I, I I'm like certain I think it comes out in May. I'm certain there'll be something else at the theater if I get to go to a movie in May that I'll, I'd rather see spend my money on um i will definitely watch it like on rental or whatever um mm-hmm. i you know i'm 
what's what's the opposite of bullish bearish i guess on 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 all of this as a whole i'm i'm mildly optimistic about the notion of <clears throat> i think it's jj abrams finishing um this 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 set of trilogy and then i did read that ryan johnson is writing a whole new trilogy i believe that intrigues me that sounds to- and it's supposed to be totally new characters and everything um but yeah as a, in general i think it's it's heading the way of the marvel universe where i'll probably just wait for word of mouth and go and check it out if i care and if not I, like i don't it's not going to be Harrison Ford playing Han Solo, so I don't really care. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and I even like uh, I like Ron Howard. I like Alden Ehrenreich, who's in Hail Caesar, who's playing the young Han Solo. I, I like all those people. I just, you know. Yeah. I know there's going to be some independent movie I'd rather probably. <laughs> well, the thing. With my dollars. And again, the Marvel comparison is a, is a fair one at this point, given the slate of things. But I think what Marvel has done, at least in the last couple of years, is show less fear turning things over to their secondary and new and lesser characters and making relatively good to very good movies out of those. And I think that's what Star Wars... If Star Wars is going to be this big franchise that's going to last forever, they they need to do that. And they're working from you know what should be an, a, a cool blank slate of their own because at a certain point, this story ends. The Skywalker story ends. And they, they, they're going to have to just tell original stories under the Star Wars banner, which sounds great. Like, that that could be very exciting. Like, to not know what's going to happen and to trust in a good writer-director to make that sounds super interesting. But, yeah, I, I just I, I don't know if the powers that be, what their confidence levels will be like after this one. It made a billion dollars. It was well-received. But there's there's bubblings now, and it sort of makes me nervous that the originalness, whatever may exist at this point, will be sort of rubbed out and lessened by concerns about, you know, full money-making potential, about maximizing every dollar, as opposed to, again, to Marvel's credit, I think they've built a very strong stable of actors which mean and actresses which means they can go into these big dumb infinity war movies and i'm excited because i'm like well i like 10 of these characters so sure why not like it'll be fun yeah yeah uh i yeah no i i think i think you sort of hit on kind of what i was getting out with ryan johnson writing a new trilogy that's with all new characters that that gives me maybe a little more optimism than marvel because like the marvel universe is like just tapping into, I mean, how many comic books, like 12 a year for every character. I mean, that's probably not even the right number, but you know, <laughs> yeah. there's, there's sort of infinite number of stories already written in that universe. Whereas in star Wars, um, there is, you, you can, I, I think there's a lot more fertile ground there. Um, and I would, I guess I would, to, to, to echo your point even further, I would sort of, uh advocate for whoever directs star wars movies to just embrace the weird because i i agree with you the weirder the marvel movie has been in the last three or four years the more likely i've been to like it um like i think ant-man was probably one of my favorite of the last like three or four years and and that was strange and guardians of the galaxy those like second tier (laughs) weird characters i think they've done the best with so i i would encourage star wars to to sort of go go the same route yeah Um, if they're listening to a random podcast hosted by two random dudes they should totally they should heed our call 
I'm sure they are. Kathleen um, Kennedy, listen to us. We know what we're doing. Yeah, yeah, and uh, <laughs> and and give Ryan Johnson more work. Uh, yeah, he's know, great. He's he's dating a uh, a pretty great lady in Karina Longworth. So oh, that's true. <laughs> hey, podcast royalty in her own right. Yes. Yeah, I mean, probably the more talented person there. <laughs> yes, yeah, probably. Um, <sighs> Well, that's. I think that wraps it up for our last Jedi thoughts. It's you know again, it, it's a weird dynamic. It's, it's one of the it's one of the more interesting movies that uh, that we've talked about on this podcast. I think just because I I'm uh, I'm more interested in the fervor surrounding it than the movie itself, which <laughs> yes, yeah. which which again speaks to how mildly okay or, or decent the movie was and how absurd the fervor is. So yeah, yeah, total agreement. But we love Oscar Isaac. He's an in real deep Hall of Famer here. And it's a shame that he was wasted on a character that basically just yells a lot and tries to guess what's going on and throws himself headfirst into things with no reason. So. And, and mansplains a lot. <laughs> yeah, and mansplains. Laura Dern can't possibly know what she's talking about. Yeah. She must be a traitor or an idiot. No, she's just yeah. got a plan. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> got to trust the lady from Jurassic Park. Got it. She's a smart lady. Yep. All right. Well, thank you everyone for joining us. Another episode of the In Real Deep podcast. Head to inrealdeep.com when you have a second. There is plenty of stuff going up. We're heading into awards season has sort of ended, but there's a lot of remnants left to be seen by Andrew and myself. There's a Phantom Thread review that should be up by now. There's uh, our top 10 lists are in progress as we speak. So there'll be a top 10 list coming from each of us, or at least one combo list with both of our with our numbers on there. And then uh, several podcasts to come talking about the year that was, talking about uh, the Oscars when those nominations and winners come out. So there, there's plenty of 2017 recap content and lots of good 2018 movies, or at least late 2017 movies that we'll be touching on in detail. Yes, I would plug my uh, sh- the Shape of Water review and the Post review um, as well, which are recent, relatively recently posted, and awards and contenders themselves. So awards contenders, and I believe the Post expands uh, this weekend nationwide. So, um, so that's and that that one will will certainly. I, I heard Donald Trump requested a copy, or Trump staff <laughs> requested a copy of the post, which is interesting if you've seen the movie. Yeah, um, it doesn't seem like the kind of movie he would necessarily want to watch at this point in time. But I don't know what kind of movie he would want to watch, to be honest with you. <laughs> I know I, he I, loves Bloodsport. I know for a fact he's a huge Bloodsport fan. Um, he definitely <laughs> yeah, forty-five minutes of it or whatever. Yeah, he uh, sports. That's right. he's a big Citizen Kane fan. We know that. Um, although he again takes completely the wrong message from Citizen Kane. Um, we're not I'm, recommending I'm, movies because Donald Trump likes them. We're just naming them right now. I'm sure he's gonna love that Twelve Horses movie. Uh, oh God. Uh, that does once seem... it's once it's edited down to twenty-three minutes. <laughs> Oh, good Lord. Well, the president is not a smart man, so I don't necessarily think he has good taste. But if he wanted to see the post, he may have exhibited a rare bout of it right there. Because according to Andrew, it's very good. So that's next on my list for sure. Yeah, no, he will have no appreciation of irony or ability to see himself in any of the characters. But that's because he's terrible. That's because he's terrible. That's right. And... Star Wars is terrible, according to many people, but not your two friends at the In Real Deep podcast. So if you saw The Last Jedi, enjoy it. Don't be ashamed. You don't have to shout it from the rooftops necessarily, but but own your opinion. It's it's not a bad movie at all, and people who think so are mean and dumb and need to <laughs> figure out something else to do 
Yeah, I mean, go see The Last Jedi, or don't, because there's like 12 other good movies out right now. <laughs> yeah, it's true. That is the sentiment. It's tough to pick one these days, but Last Jedi is not the worst choice in the world. So no, Certainly not. All right, everyone. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be seeing you further on up the road. Adios. Adios.